Hello, welcome to another episode of Rooted and Related. Hi everyone, I just want to stop by and say hello to all of our avid listeners. We are so appreciative of your support. We've gotten several feedback from people. So people are actually listening, Chrislyn. Yeah, that's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, it's been a journey for us and we hope that um, our journey in Rooted and Related is helping other people. We have some things in store. There's a couple of mother-daughter duos that um, we will be interviewing in the very near future so that's exciting for us because it just shows that we are making somewhat of an impact on people and wanting to share their experience so they're not just listening to us and they actually want to be a part of what we're working on so that's cool yeah i agree well hey chrislyn how are you I'm doing good. <laughs> That's good. So our last podcast, remember, we talked a lot about just kind of debriefing on that whole um, circumstance of kicking you out the house. But then we kind of ended it a little bit with um, just affection, like yeah. what that meant, because I wasn't sure if I had displayed enough affection to last you all through the lifetime because I did see a change in affection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we decided that that would actually be a topic for this today's episode is about um, how mothers and daughters show their affection. So I actually learned a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one particular listener has said, you know, I hadn't even thought about Um, whether or not I showed affection to my daughter. I know that I love her, but um, maybe I should say I love you more. Um, So people are just kind of like doing some self-reflection. Yeah, I think it's kind of like since we're related, we're mother-daughters that we don't really think like, oh, was I showing affection or because you automatically know that somebody loves you unless you know yeah. you have a different situation where they don't. So yeah. it's just something that's kind of in the back of your mind unless it's brought up and like, oh, I guess when we were growing up, I, you know, like it was a little different, but things change as you get older. Yeah, and I think you just kind of take it for granted, right? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So and it's not that I don't think we'll probably change too much, no. but I do want to acknowledge the fact that um, it also depends on how you define affection. So I said, well, what is affection? Um, so I kind of threw it out to um, not only Facebook to kind of help me to understand what their relationships are with their moms and how they had shown affection. So I just want to go through a few of those if you don't mind. Yes, cool. Okay, so just looking at the um, the, the dictionary um, definition, it says that affection is a feeling of liking and caring for someone or something. It's a tender attachment. It's a fondness. So then there's an example. She had a deep affection for her parents. 
Um, and so then it also says a moderate feeling or emotion. And so when I think about that definition, it doesn't really say to no. kiss or to hug. I was just going to say it, I, it's more of a feeling. So, but when you think of affection without the definition, you're thinking of how somebody shows it. Is it through talk, te- uh, touch, gifts? But it's really just a feeling. Yeah, and, and so I think it goes back to what we've been always talking about is communication, how you give and how you receive yeah. whatever that message is. And so affection could be used in that same way. And then I found it interesting because I did put out a post to, to people um, on my friend list, <laughs> just asking them, you know, what did they think about the affection that they have between their mother or daughter, or um, what do they wish they would have had? And one particular person did mention um, that her love language mm-hmm. was quality time, and so that she spent a lot of time with her mom who has um, since passed, of course, but she talked about how that was enough for her, Mm -hmm. Um, even with her relationship with other people, how quality time was um, the thing that she felt most comfortable with, Mm -hmm. but also um, just even saying I love you was enough. So again, it's like we interchange um, these definitions, affection, I was thinking more on the physical aspects Mm -hmm. of it. Um, And then when I think of love language, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe we could talk a little bit about what are the five love languages that um, this um, author, Gary Chapman, who has this book that's like widely acclaimed. Mm -hmm. Um, People take these quizzes to find out what their love language is. I had my daughters do it a long time ago and I kind of knew what they were, but I never implemented anything to try to address it. And so it was also interesting when the person brought up love languages, I thought I was like, wow, I'm definitely quality time. And I'm not sure that I received that growing up, um, you know, as a child, but maybe as I've gotten older, I did receive that from my mom. Um, but I am so in tune to quality time. Yeah. And then maybe my second love language would probably be physical touch. So, Crystal, what do you think yours is? Mine's is definitely words of affirmation. Like, we were talking the other day, and like you were saying how I save cards. I love cards, and I love for people to write things in cards because words mean a lot to me. So, that's my top. And then I would think. Um, my second one would be... You don't have to guess. Yeah, because I don't know. Yeah. That would be yeah. words of affirmation. So, yeah, that's fine. I just know that what my close two are. And um, so, like, words of affirmation. I just know that, like, when I would send out, like, text messages to you and Shaylin, I felt the energy of you just, like, you always be the first to respond and say, thank you, Mom. You know, and Shaylin be a close second. <laughs> But um, I know that you kind of like were soaking in the words. Mm -hmm. And I know that when we would talk sometimes or have our difficulties and we would have a conversation, 
I know that you would um, just really kind of be engaged in the conversation. Um, And so it says, people with words of affirmation as a love language value verbal acknowledgement of affection. Mm -hmm. So there's that word affection. (laughs) So it doesn't necessarily mean you need to be kissed on and loved, hugged on all day. Um, And then including frequent I love yous, um, compliments, words of appreciation, verbal encouragement, and often frequent digital communication like texting and social media engagement. How does that sound to you? That sounds pretty um, par with me. And it says written and spoken shows of affection matter the most to these people. And um, these expressions make them feel understood and appreciated. So I wanna encourage you mothers and daughters, mothers and or daughters, to really think about what your love language is. I wanna take a shout out to that person who responded to my Facebook post because this is really, um, I think, key in when you're trying to understand that whole mother-daughter dynamic yeah. or any other relationship. Yeah. Because I used to only think it was just um, for romantic relationships, but it's for everything because yeah. it's, it's how you kind of tick inside. And so when I think about quality time, this is me. And so I want you to tell me if you think, if you can agree with okay. my love, my top love language, which is quality time. People whose love language is quality time feel the most adored when their partner actively wants to spend time with them and is always down to hang out. They particularly love when active listening, eye contact, and full presence are prioritized hallmarks in the relationship. This love language is all about giving your undivided attention to that one special person without the distraction of telephone, um, television, um, or any other outside interference. They have a strong desire to actively spend time with their significant other, having meaningful conversations or sharing recreational activities. Yeah, that's definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> it is me, because yesterday said, and I was a little disappointed in her because we went to the park and she didn't want to get out of the car to just walk with me. And I just wanted to spend time with her. But I did spend time with her because we did go out to eat. And then we, you know, I was like, you want to go to the park? I always try to drag mm-hmm. her places when I'm with her. And I always drag these guys places or think of things. She'll always come like, what you doing? You haven't came over in a while. <laughs> uh, you want to come hang out with me? So she definitely yeah, likes to have her quality time. And and quality time means with quality people, though. Let me be clear, because right. I don't waste my time <laughs> with people who I don't want to waste my time with. I, I am, period. yeah, period. <laughs> so, and then the other love languages are acts of service, which means that you value when someone goes out of their way to make your life easier. So, like when you're sick, bringing them soup. Mm-hmm. Um, gifts. Gifts is a pretty straightforward love language. Um, it's visual symbols of love. Um, so, some people are in that. And then physical touch are people with physical touch as their love language. Um, and they feel loved when they receive physical signs of affection, including kissing, holding hands, cuddling on the couch, and sex. So physical intimacy and touch can be incredibly affirming to um, a person with that love language. So we're not really going into depth of the five love languages, but I think it's very interesting when we're thinking about affection and how we show affection, um, because um, I think that I have a clear understanding of what affection really is now. 
Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah. Especially since knowing that it's really just more about the words and not actually seeing it. For you, because you're, yeah, yeah well, it's, for me, it's like, it's all about, are you spending yeah. time with me? Yes, I mean, yeah, it can go both ways. <laughs> yeah, so affection, so when you know that about somebody, I think my way of showing love is how I receive love, mm-hmm. but I have to really consider that, well, no, Chrislyn may just need me to tell her versus, you know, because yeah, there are times when you're like, why we got to do all that? <laughs> so I'm like, well, you know, but I'm just showing her love because that's how I receive it. Right. And she's like, well, can we just talk about it? You know, and yeah. And I'm like, yeah, why we got to right. talk about when we could just hang out? Right. Like, so just make sure you understand those significant people in your life, their love language um i just want to leave with one um one other person who had actually texted me directly about um my facebook post and um it was really interesting because she had gave me three different scenarios because she actually has um had the experience with three different moms Mm -hmm. um one being um her biological mom, the other being her um, adopted mom, and then the other being her stepmom. And she really, really explained in depth what that meant to her and how she um, experienced those three different people. One wasn't as affectionate, meaning like maybe not much hugging or kissing, and then the other um, being that she probably did feel that, but her um, adopted parent passed away pretty soon in her life. Um, and then her biological was just not uh, available to her. And so she really, really, really talked about what what that meant to her and how she had grown into an adult um, and how she has decided that, you know, she's forgiven you know, these people and she's also made it a practice to show love through affection in her way of physical touch, you know, almost forcing a hug on them <laughs> to where they actually, it, the, the person who's receiving that from her enjoys that, but probably because it also comes from a genuine place. Yeah. Um, she just said, and I want to kind of read a little bit of what she said. Um, because it's a long text, but I just want to, I just want to say this. So she goes, yes, I yearned for affection and guess what? I got it. But she got it from her dad and her, and his sister, her aunt. So, but nothing I think can replace a mother's love. Nevertheless, I think that it has shaped who I am. I made a decision early on not to have children because I felt damaged in a nurturing area. I wonder what kind of mom I would have been, but I don't regret not having children. So it even impacts the decision on, you know, whether or not you're going to be a mom because your moms are examples, right? Yeah. And I guess if you're not receiving that or knowing anything of how it looks to be a mother, it's kind of like, well, do I really want to bring a child into the world? Because am I going to be that same way? 
Yeah, because you said you felt similar. Yeah, I used to say that I didn't know if I would be a good mom, so I never wanted kids. Oh. And yeah, I, and I'll be honest, I never even thought whether I'd be a good mom or not. Mm-hmm. I just had kids. And I'll it's just be honest. Yeah. Grew into it. I grew into it and I tried to make it my own and I tried to figure it out. And that's what I did mm-hmm. as a mom. Um, and, you know, when you first hold your baby, the first thing you do is kiss it all day. At least that's what I did. I kissed you guys all day. I held you guys all day. It was on my chest all day until like old enough, too, too heavy enough to keep <laughs> you laying on me. Took a long time for Shaylin to get from uh, around me mm-hmm. like she was she was probably in middle school almost before she stopped to be yeah she really you. wanted to be around me and very clingy to a certain extent I hate saying clean I don't want to say it as a negative it's way. not a bad thing it's just that she just really was a mama's girl mm-hmm. and I used to think it was because of breastfeeding <laughs> to be honest, I was like, oh, okay, breast, she's a breastfed baby, and she just wants to be with me. And that may be true. I just don't know the science it's behind it. Probably sounds good to me. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, um, before we go into um, something that you have for us, mm-hmm. um, is there anything that you want to say as far as what we've come up with so far, as far as affection and the mom-daughter relationship and affection and... I think um, after hearing the um, actual definition of affection, mm-hmm. it makes sense. And then knowing you as a person and what your love language is, and it doesn't have to be romantic, but mm-hmm. just in your relationships in general, um, that can help our relationship more. Because like, if I'm not feeling too close to you, then I know that I need to come and spend that quality time with you to feel that love, feel that affection. So. Yeah, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think I learned a lot too because I almost started to feel guilty, and then I felt like I was hearing from other people, like, "Gosh, maybe I'm not as affectionate with my daughter." And so I guess I want to assure those people who are questioning themselves that. I would really um, encourage you to look at your love language, look at your daughter's love language and let that be something you guys do together. Um, Again, it's the five love languages. I know a lot of people are familiar um, with it, but it's, it was um, coined by Gary Chapman, who is an author of the book, the five love languages. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though it's widely acclaimed, there's, all kinds of quizzes out there or something that you can find out what your love language is, what your daughter's love language is. And I challenge you all to really kind of think about what that is and bring love and affection to them in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not being physically affectionate does not equal love. Yeah. Um, because that's one thing you said, even though, you know, you know, I still felt love. So, um, so Crystal has something for us that I thought was extremely interesting. So we're kind of going to um, switch gears a little tiny bit because while we're talking about affection, we really want to talk about the mother-daughter relationship. So what did you find, Crystal? Yeah, so I found this article. Um, it's from brightside.me. 
and it's seven types of mother-daughter relationships and how each of them influences the daughter's life. Yeah, just give us a summary about what that was. Yeah, so the seven are sisters, best, uh, best friends, strangers, devaluation, dismission, the cheerleader, and authoritarian. Authoritarian. Yeah, yeah. that one. <laughs> so if you can tell us a little bit like what you learned about each one of those seven types of relationships that mothers and daughters can have. Yeah, so in the article, it just gives you the seven and then it gives a brief description of each and then it says how it affects the daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so while we were just going over it, I was telling my mom that she's the cheerleader in the, say the word? Authoritarian. Authoritarian. And I say that because with the cheerleader, it's just like, okay, your mom, she just wants you to have the most out of life and experience everything. And my mom's definitely like that. But on the other hand, she was, she was controlling. And I feel like she kind of was a micromanager. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of a good article because you can look and see exactly like kind of what your mother was and if how it how she was, how it affected you. How it affected the daughter. Yes. The okay. Daughter, the daughter. So yeah, how the mothers were and how it affected the daughters. Can you give us a brief just um description of each of those starting with the first one so yeah so the first one is sisters mm-hmm. um it just says mother and daughter are absolute equals behaving more like sisters and how it affects the daughters is girls raised by mother these mothers are often more responsible to become leaders um best friends uh the re- relationship relationship is built on trust and the mother is the first person a girl goes to with her thoughts and problems um and how it affects the daughter is girls with these mothers are not afraid to face challenges and take risks uh the third one is strangers uh, it says if if you prefer to keep your mom out of your life and she is the last one to hear about what's going on in it your relationship probably belongs in the, to this type and says how it affects the daughter children with detached relationships with their parents are more likely to experience depression anxiety and they're more likely to have low self-esteem uh devaluation this case is similar to the previous one but is it is a one-sided case and involves a narcissist um, how it affects the daughter is in, in cases where the mother is a narcissist, instead of actually feeling love, the daughter stays emotionally emotionally needy and needs con- constant reassurance of other people's feelings. And number five is dismission. Uh, this is another case of one-sided rejection that typically involves the mothers playing the ones who are doing the dismissing. And how it affects the daughter is raised by these mothers. Girls grow up experiencing deep self-doubt and feeling unworthy of attention or any kind of feelings. Uh, The cheerleader is number six. In this case, a mom is her daughter's best cheerleader. Wanted her to get the most out of life and experience everything. Um, How it affects the daughter is with this kind of mother, a girl can lose her sense of self 
and might become dependent on people always needing somebody by her side and not being able to make her own decisions. For authoritarian, uh, this is a case that involves an over-controlling mother who micromanages her daughter constantly being sure she will feel uh, without her guidance and how it affects the daughter is girls with these mothers are hypercritical of themselves have a low self-esteem and tend to devalue their own opinions which may lead to depression i love that article because it really does kind of break things down i can see different friends in different categories yeah. i can see different you know their relationships with their daughters in those categories in yeah. all of them i see my friends in these yeah yeah so that was a really great article for you to find um and so um again where can they find the article in case anybody wants to look it up yeah it's on uh brightside.me and it's uh, their article seven types of mother-daughter relationships and how each of them influences the daughter's life Thank you, Chris. I thought that was a good article. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was interesting to read um, what these type of mothers are and how they affect the daughter um, and what I kind of feel like I resonate with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I can kind of guess, too, where I was, too, with you guys <laughs> yeah, now that did. I've gotten some <laughs> introspection of myself. And so... Um, we're going to leave with a quote, um, but first I thought this was really good trying yeah. to wrap up what affection is and then the different types of relationships mother and daughters have. Um, we're probably going to take a little bit of a break because we're going to be traveling we're to, going back home. to Seattle. That's where we're from. So we're going to go back there. I'm going to be there for a couple of weeks, actually. So anybody's listening Seattle want to hit me up go ahead because <laughs> um, I have enough time to at least see um, yeah. people I don't normally do I just kind of stick with my family um, so with that being said I have a quote that I want to end with um, and I found this I just googled like quotes on mothers and daughters um, let's see thought I had it. So it just says, no matter what you want to do with your life, where you want to go, or who you want to be with, I will always be here for you. I will always love you, support you, help you, and encourage you. My love for you knows no end. It And that really... Um, resonates with me that I want my daughters to know that my love is definitely unconditional and that's the best way I can show my affection is by letting them know that I'm here for them in the way that they need me to be there for them. Maybe a little bit more, but <laughs> for the most part, it is going to yeah. be to what they need from me. So that's with that good. being said, Thank you for listening. Thank you for all of your support. Yes. Um, keep the comments coming. Um, where can they find us? Um, you can find us on Instagram at Rooted and Related. Um, and you just interact with us on there and we'll reach out. Or if you know us personally, you know, send us a text. Yeah, that too. So however, you can definitely contact us 
contact us on Instagram and we have a, a Gmail just in case there are people in Australia mm-hmm. that want to send us an email. Uh, we are at Rooted, R-O-T-T-E-D, and Related at gmail.com. That's Rooted. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Rooted.Related. That's why I was wondering. Okay. Rooted, <laughs> R-O-O-T-E-D, dot Related, R-E-L-A-T-E-D, at gmail.com. Yeah. That's just for you people in Australia and J- in Japan who are listening. Yeah, shout out to y'all. <laughs> yeah, shout out <laughs> out to, to the international fans out there. We love you. But anyways, um, we're going to go and we want to thank you again for tuning in to Rooted and Related.